What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Monique. I hope you're having a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 74 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with the practical vegan lifestyle. And I also love to sprinkle in some wellness and vegan business too, because this is a lifestyle, not just a diet. So you guys know how much I love doing this show because I just get to connect with so many incredible people and I learn so much. Of course, today I have a guest on the show to give you some advice on how to do that. I have Asosa E on here. She is actually known as the Raw Girl or rawgirltoxicworld.com is her website. And she's a clinical nutritionist. She specializes in plant-based nutrition, healing acne, eating for beauty, parasite cleansing, detoxing. It was so funny because when I do interviews, I typically have like a 15 minute call to kind of flush out topics for the podcast. There was so much that I can go back and forth with Asosa about, but we decided that we wanted to talk about fatigue because this is a problem for so many people. In this conversation, she's going to go over what fatigue is, some of the causes for chronic fatigue, and also some solutions on what you can do to get past that so that you don't have to be somebody who is constantly not getting enough sleep enough good sleep. She gives some very practical advice on how to do that. We also dive into how she was able to cure her um, acne from the inside out. We also chat about um, eating raw and feeling satisfied being on a raw food lifestyle and not being bored and also how to keep things simple too. So yeah, this is a very good conversation and you can get the show notes for it at brownvegan.com under episode 74 as far as all of the resources and everything we mentioned, be sure to also check out rawgirltoxicworld.com if you want to set up a, a nutrition session with Isosa, you can definitely do that. If you are in the DC area, she does have in-person options available as well, so check that out. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Asosa's vegan story. I had an interesting journey in the sense that like, it's funny because people always ask me this question, but I can't remember why exactly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was really young. I was like 13. Um, 
And I do remember having a cousin who I believe was vegetarian and he was super fit and I kind of wanted to be like him. And I also was lactose intolerant. So milk made me throw up and just did not feel great with milk, but I did eat meat and cheese and other things. Um, so yeah, one day I just decided I'm just gonna give up meat. And everyone thought I was crazy. Um, my family was not exactly entertained. I am um, of Nigerian descent and meat comes with everything. Meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Meat in stews. You know, meat mm -hmm. is normal. So um, people thought I was crazy. Um, but I stuck with it because I started to feel better. I didn't really actually have any ethical reasons for going vegan at the beginning. And I feel like over time what happened with sticking with it so long, I started to realize the benefits. So I wasn't getting sick as uh, you know as often as other people. Um, I uh, my skin was really great, or at least at one point my skin was really great. <laughs> we'll get into the what else happened. So anyway, as I as I kept doing it, I evolved. I got to college, and all of a sudden I got really stressed out. I guess I just had like too much. Uh, schoolwork. I wasn't eating very well. I was eating a lot of junk food. My skin was horrible. I started breaking out um, really intensely. And I was kind of like trying to figure out what was wrong. And I went and visited my cousin. She lived in Los Angeles at the time and she was a raw foodist. She had been overweight her whole entire life and then became a raw foodist, lost a ton of weight, became a plus size model. Like she was really inspirational. And she was like, in her mid to late thirties and everyone thought she was in college. Like she looked at me really young. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really inspired by her. She taught me how to make some things that were raw and she told me, you know, just try to get in a big salad every day. even if you can't do anything else, you know, and, and that, that was useful. She gave me, she put me on to the stuff called wellness formula. Cause I was always getting sick. My immunity was really low. And so I went back to college, didn't really think that much of it, kept kind of doing my thing, got um, out of college, and the acne thing just got crazier, and fatigue started happening as well. And I was like, I really have to do something about this. I can't ignore this anymore, and I think that this is a deeper issue. I didn't know that much about health back then, but um, I, was, I knew enough to recognize that something wasn't right and that my body was kind of experiencing a toxic overload. So I remembered the raw food thing. I enrolled in a class called Raw Soul with these awesome, beautiful, this awesome, beautiful black couple in Harlem. It, unfortunately, the restaurant no longer exists. And um, they, um, it was just like raw food basics, like for, you know, from sprouting to just basic meals. Um, they went over all different nutrients, all kinds of stuff like that. And I was talking to them about my skin and they were like giving me tips. And I just decided that I was going to throw out all of, I had a whole bunch of stuff in my medicine cabinet. I had like proactive, I had all kinds of acne stuff um, that I was trying. I threw every single thing out. I am not lying. I had nothing left. <laughs> oh, wow. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm about to go on this raw thing for a month. I'm about to go really hard. I'm throwing everything out. I don't think this has anything to do with anything I'm putting on my face. I think it has to do with everything that is going on inside my body. And I was right. So I did that. I threw everything out. I started, uh, I went raw. I started making this stuff called Rejuvalac. It's fermented wheat berries from wheatgrass. Within a month, my skin was like poppins crystal clear like it was crazy and even the scars went away like the i had acne scars 
people don't believe me. So I like actually I'm gonna I sent someone recently asked me for a testimonial post. So I sent them my before and after pictures and I have pictures of me with acne and acne scars, but it's not even like the worst. It's still it's still like relatively good for what it you know, for what I remember. But when you see that, it's like night and day. You don't even recognize me. I had dark circles under my eyes. I had like scarring on both sides of my cheeks. And now it's like it's hard to believe because I walk around with barely any makeup on at all most days and no one can tell. You know, like it's all it's all gone gone away. So what did you say that you used as far as the, the formula that you were using to um, declare your skin? What were the ingredients again? It was Rejuvelac. And, and basically what... Basically, it was about ferment, fermentation, and so it's all about good bacteria. But Rejuvelac is, it was actually, I believe, Ann Wigmore. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Ann Wigmore Institute. She, I believe, coined or started this whole process of Rejuvelac. But Rejuvelac, I don't make it anymore. I actually wish that I could. I remember buying it once from Karen's Raw in Chicago because she had it by the gallon, and I was like, you're a genius because I'm just, like, I hate the process of just going through and making it, it's very time consuming, but it's, you basically take wheat berries, which is what we, you know, they're basically the seeds of wheatgrass Mm -hmm. and you allow them to sprout. And then once you get sprouted wheat berries, you take some of them with a little bit of like water and you slightly blend it to activate it. And then you, um, add more water, put them in, put it in a, like a glass jar, cover it, leave it in the, um, I can't remember, do I leave it in the fridge? No, I leave it out until it actually turns into this, it kind of, it ferments and it turns into this, like, there's this, like, film, like a light sort of, like, film on the top of the jar. You scoop that out, and then you can actually strain it, put it in a jar. It's not supposed to be, like, bitter, but it is slightly sour. it's, It's kind of tasteless. You can mix it with other juices you could do whatever but it cleans your system out okay Mm. like (laughs) like, (laughs) so you said you took that for like 30 days and then after the 30 days you notice a huge difference in how you look i had changed my entire lifestyle i literally stopped eating anything from a package i was only eating fruits and vegetables like i had been vegetarian for like many years but it was the first time that i actually felt like I was truly a vegetarian because I was not eating bread. I was not eating rice. I was not eating anything from a package. And literally everything I was eating was like fruits, veg. That's it. Wow. What are some of the things that you like to do now to, as far as food? I guess I know that there's people probably that are listening who want to do eat more raw foods or they want to be a raw foodist. And so because mm-hmm. of that, um, I know for myself, just outside looking in, I'm not even interested in being a raw foodist. I'm just thinking about it seeming that it would be pretty time consuming. So I guess I want you to share some tips on how to make this transition a little easier so that you don't feel like you're in the kitchen for two hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's a little, that's funny. Like when I took their class and all the stuff they were doing, it was there was a lot of things that felt very high maintenance. And what has happened to me over the years, because I'm a very busy person, I have multiple careers, and I don't have time all the time to do all of the amazing, wonderful, you know, elaborate things. So I focus on the basics. And even on, like, I have a book called Got Veg, How to Thrive on a Plant-Based Diet. And I talk about all the different levels of vegetarianism, and raw is one of them. 
And the recipes that I include are all things that are very quick. Like I have these pies that I can make in 15 minutes. I have various things. <laughs> so when you're, when you're transitioning, it's, it's more or when you're interested in eating more raw, you just have to go back to the very nature basics, guys. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It's like there's, there's a grapefruit there. Eat it. There's grapes. There's strawberries. Yes, I there's agree with that. Berries. But how do you stay satisfied? Are you? Is it because you're eating, you know, 17 grapefruits? How do you say, that's my issue because I'm afraid that I wouldn't stay satisfied. Like in the morning, I could see myself eating a lot of fruit. But as far as right. it being a lifestyle for me, I'm not really sure how that would look. So that's why I'm just curious about how do you stay satisfied? And, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't necessarily believe that meals should be fast. Okay. But I just feel like when you're raw, it has to be a level of creativity that I'm just, I guess I'm not there yet. (laughs) So, yeah. So here's, here's the, okay. So generally satisfaction comes from a, a few different things in meals. It's a knowing how to season or use or, or like, um, use flavors to enhance the meal it's having a balance of different textures and that's where it gets really tricky sometimes with raw because people are like i had nothing to crunch on and everything is one consistency so that that's another thing um so there's a few different things you can pay attention to when you're trying to do super quick you have to keep it basic which means you're going to be doing a lot you're going to have to become best friends with salads with wraps with um smoothies with juices those are like the real easy easy peasy and you can switch them up change the ingredients and also season them in a way that is very satisfying i have turned people out with salad before like literally (laughs) people who are just like swear they will never eat vegetables and they eat my salads and they'll be like what is this because usually people imagine a salad and they imagine you with the romaine and the sliver of lettuce crying in your room eating it sad about your life and that is really not what's happening when I say salad in terms of like the things that I'm putting in there but nowadays there are also things that you can add from the store there are things that actually make it easier to be raw that you could buy that are packaged from the store to like supplement if you also you know what I mean if you're also bored so like there are these things called raw uh they're like raw wraps I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, I like those. You can use them for a lot of, like, those are great because there's something, those would take hours to dehydrate, which dehydrating sometimes isn't that bad because you can just stick it in there and come back later and you know it's going to be done. But those would take usually hours to dehydrate. You could buy them. You could use them as, like, a sandwich wrap. You could use them as a pizza crust. There's, like, so many different things you could do with those little raw wraps. So that's, that's, a, that's something to add textures. There's, like, crackers to add textures, stuff like that. But honestly... I really think if you want to get like the good flavors, it's like trying to find small ways to make things gourmet and make the flavor better is what's going to be satisfying. It's like not, you know, not leaving your food bland. And that's just knowing how to season and knowing how to like, what I really love, I love raw food. In the D.C. area, there's a lot of Black-owned, vegetarian, vegan, and raw restaurants. Yeah. And um, it's just really amazing to, to, to taste the flavors in the food. So it's, it's getting a little creative. It's making sure your textures are varied. But I really understand and empathize with people who say, you know, I cannot be a raw foodist. And I don't really think anyone, I, I really just don't, I don't believe in labels as much anymore. 
I really believe in the evolution of health and diet and also in eating what your body needs at a given point in a given time. Um, I do think that there are a lot of benefits to eating a lot more raw food, and it's obvious. I mean, you see people who are doing it. They look amazing, usually, hopefully, if they're, <laughs> if they're balanced. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to eating the way nature intended. and then But adding in some cooked that's also unprocessed, as long as you're not going the processed route and you're still eating whole foods and you're adding in some cooked, you can find that balance that way too. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to eat, you know, um, a lot of raw for until dinner or something and have a normal dinner. There's, you can find whatever way to negotiate for yourself to make it work for you. Yeah, I agree with that. So let's go back to this salad because I love salads too. And I think mm-hmm. that that, like you said, that's the easiest way to get started, I think. So what are some of the things that you would put in a salad? Oh my god! I put. I, put all <laughs> I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I mean to keep it simple. Meaning, if somebody who lives anywhere can find, because I know we live in DC, so we can get anything we want here. But just like yeah. just something really basic that somebody can enjoy that's like flavorful and satisfying. I really like mixing um, kale, cabbage, um, and uh, cranberries and pumpkin seeds, and you can even add some nuts in there. But the whole thing about salads is you can, there's so many things you could do with salads. I've done salads that are more on the Mediterranean feel. So like I'll do a salad with like hummus and quinoa and I'll add olives and I'll add like, so it's, you just got to get creative. You got to get very creative there. And also, so you could use nuts, you could use avocado, um, mix the types of greens. Like one thing that makes a salad better is using greens that are not just like regular lettuce. Yeah. So I like to use arugula. I, I like to use kale. Sometimes I use, I mix in some cabbage. Sometimes I do the baby greens or spinach mixed in too. Um, it's just changing it up. And then making your own dressing is one way to ha- add a lot of flavor. But the most important step to make a, a salad that will turn you out is understanding how to massage your salad. Now, Massaging, if you don't massage your salad, then your salad game is not on point. I'm just going to put that out there because that's how I be turning people out with my salads. So when you do a salad, whatever you, let's say you, okay, so you decided, okay, I'm going to put some kale, I'm going to put a little bit of arugula, I'm going to get some um, walnuts, some raisins. I don't know what else you want to put in there, right? Yeah. Then you're going to get you an oil base, usually extra virgin um, olive oil. You're going to put like, uh, a cap or two full of that on your on your greens you're gonna get some sort of citrus it could be orange it could be lemon I like to use lemon it could be apple cider vinegar you're gonna put like a cap full of that on the salad you're gonna add in a little bit of sea salt and then you're going to massage it like you are like you're massaging your life mm-hmm. you just massage those greens until you break them down and then you could even make an additional dressing and, and add that on there or not. But it, massaging the greens will turn you out. Yeah. That's you don't even need additional dressing when you massage the greens. No, you yeah. don't. And I do other things, too. Like, I'll do that. But then I'll add, like, a little pinch of cumin or curry or, like, you know, get creative. Because that's the bringing up the flavors and, like, using, like, spices and herbs and stuff. Like, not only is it healing and contributes to the nutritional value of the meal, but that's part of what makes you feel satiated and happy about what you just ate. Yeah. 
Yep, I love that. Yeah, keep it simple. So the main reason I wanted you on the show is we were kind of going over topics because there were like a lot of different things, directions we could have went in with our conversation. But I really wanted to talk about fatigue. One of the ladies that follows me on Instagram, I was on Instagram live uh, like a week ago, and she mentioned that she just went vegan and she noticed that she's really tired lately and she wanted some suggestions Mm -hmm. for me. And I said, Mm -hmm. go to sleep. That was (laughs) go to sleep. And I told her to eat more calories. But when I talked to you, you had definitely better solutions about as far as how to handle in the causes of chronic fatigue, because this is something that affects so many of us. So let's talk about some of the first of all, let's just break down. what, What is fatigue? What is that? (sighs) <sighs> what is fatigue? I feel like fatigue is the is one of the one of the main warning signs that something is up with the body, mm-hmm. either through exhaustion, through diet, or through other things. I feel like there's five ish, and there may be more ways that you know fatigue can happen. But yeah, I feel like it's a very very simple but important warning sign. Um, to show that something may be up. What are some of the signs of, uh, I guess, chronic fatigue? Or is there, chronic just means it's ongoing, right? So what are some of yeah. the, the signs of that? For some, that somebody should be like, okay, maybe I need to dig a little deeper and figure out what's going on. Instead of focusing on like trying to figure out if they have chronic fatigue, I would try to focus on working with someone or going to a doctor or a practitioner that can help them figure out what the root causes of their fatigue. So We talked about before, and I was telling you before, that like a lot of people come to me about other health conditions, and then they realize that they have been dehydrated, because I look at the amount of water that they're drinking, and then as soon as they start drinking more water, all of a sudden they have a ton of energy to complete the day. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing for people. One One of the, a huge thing for people is dehydration, which is like drinking at least half your body weight in water, the processes in the body don't have enough fluid to just do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as you give it that, it's like, oh, wow, all of a sudden my brain is sharper. I can think clearer. I can get through the day, et cetera, et cetera. Then, like, there's what you were talking about, which is lack of sleep. A lot of people don't sleep enough. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like first you got to start looking at those basic things. Like, I'm tired. Okay, something is not dastardly wrong with you if you're, you know you're not drinking enough water and you're not sleeping enough. Well, then I would start there. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, how many hours of sleep am I getting? Am I running on caffeine all day? Yeah. Um, am I having, and the caffeine thing is a whole other issue that I'll get to in a moment, but the lack of sleep is huge. We, our body also needs REM sleep. It also needs good quality sleep to actually feel restored and actually to like, process all the information and also like just restore all of the um restore our our brain functioning our memory all of that stuff we need need that good quality sleep too so not just like light sleep um so it's like is my sleep deep enough am i going to bed at consistent hours like that's really important like we live in that we live in a time where everyone thinks that it's like better to be grinding than to sleep but i really actually think otherwise no same Um, here Woo, i love my sleep (laughs) yeah seriously seriously and then there's like here's another thing that people don't talk about a lot but i see it a lot with clients is there is an issue with sugar handling or or insulin dysregulation and what that is related to it means 
you can have sugar handling problems and not be a diabetic. So you could you could be someone who and you might not even be diagnosed with anything. Like when you go to blood, go get your blood sugar levels tested, it may come out as normal. But what happens is you're eating a lot of high glycemic foods, and they cause a spike in your insulin, and then they cause you to crash later in the day. And a lot of people don't even realize that this can happen to a perfectly healthy person. Like for me, like I have to be really careful with um, like oatmeal or, or things that are very dense, like that, like carb dense early in the morning, because around two, three, I'll be sleepy as I'll just be sleepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like can't get through. You know what I mean? It's really important to if you're drinking enough, if you're sleeping enough and you're still feeling like, oh, my God. I, I can't get through the day. Start looking at your diet. Like, start being like, okay, I have this, you know, what did I have this morning? I had this giant croissant and I had coffee or I had lots of sugar, you know, something with a lot of sugar in the morning. Just start to look at those things because that can also point to am I having, am I getting, you know, a little bit of energy from some of these sugary foods, but then right after my body is crashing? Because it's like insulin overload. So that's another thing that happens to people. And it becomes a yo-yo effect. And people think that in order to fix this, oh, I got to eat more sugar to keep my sugar up. No, 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 honey. That's going to actually create a cycle that you can't stop. It just keeps spiking and going back down, spiking and going back down. So another way to deal with that is to start making sure that you're getting enough protein throughout the day, that you balance out. You have breakfast, but you have a breakfast that's not super that's not very um, high in the glycemic index or super carb heavy. So you get some protein in there and, and keep your blood sugars kind of kind of level throughout the day. You eat a lot, if you eat a lot of high potassium foods, that'll help you as well to keep your sugar um, level and high, you know, easiest way to get high potassium is eat a giant salad every day. For breakfast though, what example would you give for a, a good breakfast to start that's not heavy like the oatmeal? Yeah, like, I mean, people think about breakfast and they think that they have to be eating breakfasty foods. But honestly, you could actually have, like, greens in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like yeah. greens in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> I just feel like having some greens. If you want to go more on the, like, fruity side and include greens, you could also do, like, a green smoothie and include, like, some spinach or some kale. I don't like kale in my green smoothies because they make me gassy. Like, it, it, like kale is very dense. So I usually try to do like baby spinach or something and stick that in there. But I always try to get like some sort of, even if it's nut butter or like, I just try to make sure that there is a balance so that I know that I'm not going to be, my, my blood sugar level is not going to be unstable as I start the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you also just can rethink what you're eating for breakfast. It's really interesting because a lot of the things that we're taught in the standard American diet to eat for breakfast are very high carb. So we're either we're going to do pancakes or we're going to do oatmeal or we're going to, you know what I mean? Everything, croissants, muffins, everything's very like sugar carbs. It's rethinking that whole paradigm and like, all right, how about I have some chia seeds, you know, chia porridge or how about I? And like, that's interesting because like even chia is omega-3s, you know, good stuff. Sometimes people even make... Um, a sweet porridge from quinoa and quinoa is a complete protein, you know, different ways of thinking about it so that you're not eating 
just straight carbs in the morning because yeah. that'll keep you tired. And later you, in the day. you're also naming things that you can make, you know, batch it and eat those throughout yep. the week, so you don't have to do it every single day because that'll save you some time too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go back to the water the water because of course we know we need to drink a lot of water and it's it's mm-hmm. just as simple as saying, Okay, drink the water, right? But it's not always that simple. So what suggestions do you have to make sure that people drink enough water every day? Yeah. So one of the ways to drink enough water every day, like I'm actually staring at uh my cup is thirty two ounces. Um, it's a giant cup. And it sits next to my, my night, it's on my nightstand and it's filled with water before I go to sleep. And when I wake up, I have to drink it. <laughs> as soon as, like as I soon as you open that. your eyes, before you grab your phone, that's what you do. Before you do anything, you are literally going to drink at least 16 ounces of water. Like that's, that's part of the way that you start getting in. I know some people who do not leave their bed until they finished a gallon. And then they don't even think about it for the rest of the day. Like, I'm trying to get to that point, but that's a lot. And also, you got to be careful of overhydrating. So I just, like, for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm on every single morning at least 16 ounces of water. How do you know how much water you have to drink? As a nutritionist, I I know how to calculate it. But if if you're overweight, it's a little bit different. If you're a normal weight and you know you're not overweight, then you take your body weight and you divide it by two. And that whatever that is in ounces is how much you should be drinking. And when you start looking at that kind of number and you're like, oh, wow, like if I'm 140 pounds, that means I should be drinking 70 ounces of water minimum per day. Like that's like my sweet spot. So you do the math and you're like, okay, that's how much I got to drink. How much can I get in right in the morning? Especially the morning time is a great time to get in a lot of water also because your body's trying to flush out what it, you know, what you have the day before, you should have a bowel movement in the morning if you're normal. If you're not having more than one bowel movement per day, something might be up. If you are going to the bathroom and you're peeing and your pee is like really dark yellow, something is up, you're not drinking enough water. Mm -hmm. So those are all signs that like once you start drinking enough water, you're going to start noticing like you're going to be really regular, that your pee is going to be a certain color. Um, and then you'll start to get other benefits. Like your skin will probably, you know, look better and all kinds of stuff. And also you'll just have more energy to get through the day. So I would start with that. And then I don't like to eat and drink because, um, when you're drinking and eating, it kind of messes with the hydrochloric acid as you're eating a meal. And I like, so I like to drink before I eat. And the reason why I do that too, also too, is because sometimes we think we're hungry, but we're actually thirsty Mm -hmm. and we do that a lot. So we'll just keep eating, and then the body's like, "Ugh, I still haven't gotten any water," and then we get tired. So mm. I like to drink. A, I, dr- I like to drink a glass of water before I eat, um, and then you know, like before every meal. So you could do that before lunch. You could do that, um, and it can be an hour before, you be thirty minutes before, whatever. Um, I do it before lunch. I do it before dinner, and then at, in the evening again, I'm back to my cup. I drink another sixteen to thirty-two ounces. So I feel like if you do that at minimum, if you were drinking four times a day, that would be 64 ounces already, you see? So it's not that hard to start getting it in. It's just a matter of training yourself. If you're one of those people who's just like, I am not. The other thing is you got to take a water bottle with you. So I always have like a carry 
bottle that reminds me like and if I have walked around all day with this bottle and not drank any of it then I know that's a problem mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah so I'm keeping track of how many of these am I taking in and having that with me is just like a constant reminder that I need to be drinking water um, I love these because these are very, very easy tips. No matter how busy you are in your life, you can inco- you can incorporate this. So I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, those are the basics. And if you hate drinking water, um, like I have some clients who are just like, yeah, yeah, I know I need to drink water, but I can't stand it. They're, you can, like, they just don't like the taste of it. And so I tell them to try things like water infusions, which is really fun. Like some people like drinking stuff that's like flavored, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you can, you know, get um, jars of, you can get a jar or you can get a pitcher and you can cut up your favorite fruits and or like citrus, lemon, um, you know, and put all of that and like kind of infuse it, let it sit overnight in your water. Do things like that to kind of make yourself feel like, okay, this is not just what, you know, whatever (laughs) Whatever works, right? (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, we really, 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 really need H2O. Like it's very essential. Mm -hmm. So what about the sleep? Because that's another, of course, you said a big problem uh, with fatigue. You're you're tired because you're you're not sleeping right. So what suggestions do you have for that? Well, it's, it's hard for people because people don't prioritize sleep, right? They prioritize, like, their life, their work activities. They might have kids, which that's, when you have kids, that's a whole other problem that, you know, that's very difficult. So I completely empathize. <laughs> so you're probably losing sleep, not because you want to, but because you have to take care of your children. Um, but when you're single and you're not getting enough sleep, you have to look at what are my priorities, Because at the end of the day, you're going to be more productive, you're going to be less stressed, and you're also going to have better memory recall and better retention if you slept more. I don't know if if you've heard that story about Ariana Huffington. That was just really intense in her whole wake-up call. But basically, she was one of those um, they-sleep-we-grind people until she literally fell asleep at her desk and had a concussion or like had some sort of concussion like she hit her hit her head yeah yeah and it's like do we want to wait till we have to have a concussion like stitches and to have a like a whole like awakening about it no what i do is like our i don't know if you guys um you know there's technology is great so I have, I'm obsessed with my iPhone and it has that whole bedtime app. So it will send me a reminder when it's time for me to start getting ready for bed. That's been useful. It's very useful to look at that app as well because it, you, it shows you like the amount of um, the how many hours you're getting if you wake up at a certain time. So you just to start just paying attention to that and also trying to get on a sleep schedule because sleeping consistently um, programs your body to be ready to sleep at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But if you're all over the place and sometimes it's 2 a.m. and sometimes it's 12 a.m., 12, you know, 12 p.m. or do you know what I mean? Like it's just your body gets, it gets harder for you to try to go to sleep at the time that you want to. So it's good to try and program yourself like, all right, around 1130, uh, this is when I, I should be in bed. The other thing is people don't shut down enough. Um, and that makes it hard for, I mean, our generation is always on our phones, always on social media, always doing something. And it's, it's really actually not good for the mind. And it's also really bad for sleep. So 
Um, mindfulness activities can help and all that, but also just shutting things down. Like there, there's got to be a point every single night where you literally go, okay, laptop is off, phone is off. Now it is now time to go to sleep. Yeah, you know it's like I mean? having a, a sleep routine. <laughs> you gotta have like yeah, a, a build. Like you gotta build a routine. Yeah, to start like sleep rituals. Like um, some people who have issues with this, I tell them to find like herbal teas that they love. Have a whole ritual every single night. It's like. Right, I'm shutting off my work. I'm gonna make my herbal tea. Like I love making um, turmeric milk. It's one of my favorite things to do before I sleep because it's just so comforting and like warm and cozy. So I'll make my turmeric milk. You know. Um, what do you put in yours? You can make turmeric milk with almond milk, with coconut milk. You add in turmeric. You add in cinnamon, cardamom, a little bit. Of, sometimes I add in a little bit of nutmeg and coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. I like coconut sugar in mine. Um, you could use other kinds of sweeteners if you wanted to, um, but I try to use something that's kind of low glycemic index. Yeah, and then um, it's just very soothing. I put like cinnamon sticks in it. I mean, it's, it's really like <laughs> warm, cozy, soothing. Like, all right, it's time to go to sleep. Yeah, I. So this is what I've done, right? Because I'm struggling with the sleep thing. Because sometimes I'm up at two a.m. or I'm up crazy amount of times and it's just cutting into my sleep and I know that it, the I get a lot of sleep but I feel like it's not a good quality sleep I don't feel like I get mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. um I have this app that I downloaded to my phone and you do have to pay for it but it was only like $20 for the year and it's called mm-hmm. freedom and so mm-hmm. what it does is it sets it I can set it up to automatically like block me from website social media everything like that so I don't have to turn oh, I heard my, about that yeah I don't have to turn my phone off but um I can't I can't go to any of their websites I can't scroll Instagram or Ooh, and Twitter so it's really really helpful and you can actually have it set up to automatically block these websites or you can just go in for a session like right now I have it on um for the next three okay. hours because it'll just help okay. me just Get, I'm trying to get into the routine of just being unplugged because I that is so overstimulated. So, that is so like sad though. Like, I know it is having a conversation with someone else about how because I am like very actually anti social media, which is just kind of funny because I I have like uh, multiple, your work is on there. <laughs> I have how do you do it? For both of my um you know, for my work as an actress and my work as a health person, but like, I really hate social media, to be honest. And the reason why I do is because I'm one of those people who's like super creative and I really like to get lost in a cave. And I also really like to have my mind be my own. And I was just, I was talking about how, you know, the people who create, like Mark Zuckerberg and the people who created Instagram, all of these apps, they don't use it. And you know why they they don't use it? Because they know that they knew when they created these apps that it was based on a, like a pleasure cycle, like a brain cycle. Like it, it, it's basically like addictive because they know that it's a serotonin rush. Every single time you get a like, you get a serotonin rush. So they made these apps purposefully addictive. This is why they don't let their kids use this stuff yep. because they know. And so I do these social media fasts where I just go away and I honestly want to eventually get to the, to the point one day where someone else runs my social media for me because I actually don't want anything to do with it because... I really feel like my time and my brain energy and fo- it, it can affect your focus as you're working on tasks. When you're working on anything highly creative or, or intuitive or even just analytical, it requires you to use all of your brain. Or at least if you want to like be more impactful, all of your brain is necessary. But what has happened is because we're always like distracted, 
we, we're never using all of our brain. Mm-hmm. We're always like, I'm on the call with you, but I'm thinking about my post or I'm writing a blog, you know, a book, but then I'm checking my email. It's just like, we're never single focused anymore. I started doing, um, funnily enough, is I just started doing social media fast. So I would just completely, it, I guess it's basically like paying for your app, but like me doing it to myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I can delete the app, but it's something like you said about the way it's set up that I go in and I'm just lost and I right. cannot get out this cycle when I do. And then you realize you've lost what, 20 to 30 minutes. And No, it's longer than that. Sometimes an hour. Yeah. Easy easy that you really can be doing like some serious productive like life-altering things absolutely here's the other thing and this actually related to one of the things that actually causes fatigue but they showed that um they they have done studies that have shown that people who use social media more are actually more inclined to be depressed and that that is not um you know that's not hearsay that's research i believe it so like literally the comparative sort of liking and the the um the sort of like forcing yourself to always be like you know my life is fab and like you know trying to one up or whatever all of that causes depression part the part that i hate the most like i have friends that i that i've hung out with we're so involved with it and so consumed that like i'll be like we'll be having a great time and like all they can think about is getting their camera and getting the right post but like then we never actually experience what we're supposed to experience in that moment and i just want to be lost in the moment Mm. um, of what is actually happening to me versus trying to document what is happening to me which is a completely different experience absolutely it's not the same at all. Just like people who yeah. are at concerts. I always see this online when people are at concerts or any type of show yeah. and they're filming it. I'm like, what? That That's so strange to me. Why are you filming this? Like you need, yeah. it's not the same. You're First of all, you're probably not, it's very unlikely that you're going to go back and look at that footage. First of all. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. it's like, it takes away from the, the energy, the feeling of like being there. Like, what are you but doing? That's because now we have put more stock on showing what, what we're doing and showing that we're cool than ex- than actually being cool. Yeah, you're right. Y'all keep doing with that. But the depression is actually one of the things that can cause fatigue. And that's because when you get highly, like when you're actually seriously depressed, you just feel like life is over, can't do nothing. But there's things related to nutrition that cause depression. So um, there are ways, people don't realize it, but depression actually can be a sign that something's off balance with your body or your diet. Tell me more. What do you mean when you say that? So there's a thing called the gut-brain axis, right? It's basically like your brain is connected with your gut. Very, it's just Let's just say the, the simplest way, right? Your brain is connected with your gut. So yes. if your gut flora is off balance and like you're not, you don't have enough like good bacteria in there or something has happened to you over your health journey that has destabilized that. Maybe you took tons of antibiotics one time or because, you know, doctors love to prescribe antibiotics mm-hmm. or you, um, you know, any other myriad of things that could possibly just like throw off your gut flora that can actually affect your mood. And people don't realize this. And so sometimes when you're looking at someone who says that they're depressed and they don't really exactly know why, 
it might be actually just a gut floor imbalance. And it may be a, a, a whole, a, a, the, the best protocol for them may actually just start looking at taking in foods. Remember the rejuvenate that I mentioned to you, but taking in foods that have probiotics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and sort of rebuilding the gut, like um, slowly over time. And, and that can do that actually can do wonders for people that they, they'll be surprised that's one one thing there's other like sort of nutritional deficiencies that can happen sometimes people have low folate sometimes um b vitamins are an issue for people so it's looking at you know also your supplementation and seeing whether or not you can take um supplements to support as well because depression comes in a, a few different forms you know there is depression that is actually you know, triggered by an external event, you know, like a very traumatic external event. Mm -hmm. But if you're just over time, low key depressed for a really long period of time, there's something else at play there. And you have to figure out what that is. Hmm. Yeah, that this is interesting, because my therapist, and she also mm -hmm. talks a lot about this as well, like, you know, mm -hmm. the you know, she talks about the social media, she talks about diet, all of those things, which is why one of the reasons why I really like her is because it's not mm -hmm. just, it's just not just your brain. It's just everything. It's really is a holistic approach to therapy, which is important. Yeah. 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 And that's how like, you know, as a holistic nutritionist, like, like, I have to look at everything because you start to realize how one small thing can be like this whole domino for someone's life. And sometimes it's even looking at their life history as far as traumatic events because stress is huge. Um, we were talking about, or you were mentioning before the whole caffeine thing, right? Yeah. So I've noticed that I've had a lot of clients who just have like borderline basically adrenal fatigue at this point because they over time have consumed really high amounts of caffeine daily um and their body like and in addition to that they may also have like personal stress like from work or family and the body is just like the adrenal glands they're above your kidneys right they produce a stress hor uh, hormone called cortisol which is like fight or flight like mm -hmm. you know it's like that that hormone that tells you when something is wrong right but what happens and a lot of people that get adrenal fatigue is it's just like they're in a constant state of fight or flight. So they have so much stress and they have so much that the body just overdoes it. And the hormones, like the body can't keep, the glands can't keep up with the demand for the hormones. Mm. And it just gets out of whack and then imbalanced. And when that happens, other things can get imbalanced. Your thyroid can get imbalanced, which also causes fatigue. So... The coffee thing is really interesting to me because I have noticed that I've had a few clients that have just like really overdone it with coffee over the years and then find themselves later dealing with like serious fatigue or just like or just also fighting like sugar cravings to try and keep themselves awake, things like that. So I think it's really important to uh, regulate also the amount of caffeine you do take in. And you know what else happens with caffeine? What's that? Dehydrating. It is so dehydrating. So if you drinking four cups, imagine how much more water you got to drink. Ugh. And then you know they're not drinking more water. Yeah. You know they're not. Before we wrap up, tell us about your work and if someone's listening, how they can work with you and what you do and how you do it and all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so I have a health blog. And if you want a regular nutrition tips, you can check that out. It's called Raw Girl in a Toxic World. It's rawgirltoxicworld.com. 
I've been doing that since um, 2009. OG. <laughs> You're OG. Um, You're OG. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. OG. Original. O-O-O-R-G. Original Raw Gangster. That would be know. good. I like that. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> so then I just like five years ago around all of my other stuff, I started a master's in nutrition and integrative health. So I will be finally graduating in August as a holistic nutritionist. I have started taking clients. I do take clients one-on-one via Skype or in person at um, in Alexandria at a really awesome wellness cooperative that has other really great services. And what I do is I have the ability now basically to nutritionally diagnose people, which is kind of fun and amazing and also rewarding because we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of times we think everything is cool, and but our doctors don't actually give us a nutrition checkup. They don't actually they don't actually take the time to say, hey, you're just de- dehydrated, or hey, if you tried this supplement, this would really solve your problems. And what I can do is I can look at someone's diet, um, lifestyle. I look at the whole picture. I can look at what supplements you may need. Um, I can look at where imbalances may be if you have a serious condition and you've been prescribed medication, I can tell you um, some of the nutritional ramifications of those medications and things to look out for, which that's another thing that doctors don't usually do a lot of times. They they just don't have time, I guess, to kind of look at the nutrition, the nutrient interactions. Because sometimes you could be taking something, you could be prescribed something, it can actually cause other symptoms. It can cause high blood pressure or it can cause hypertension. So it's important to look at all those things. So if you have a specific condition, I work with you to figure out how to holistically heal that using nutrition, lifestyle, supplements, diet, all of that good stuff. Outside of that, I have I do have some books. I have a book called God Veg, How to Thrive on a Plant-Based Diet. It's available on Amazon. If you are struggling with what do I need, how do I do this vegan thing, how do I do the raw thing, or how to do the vegetarian thing, kind of breaks down the whole plant-based diet. Breaks down things to put in your pantry. Also has um, also has recipes in there, which is really cool. And then I have um, yeah, I have a book called The Acne Free Diet, which like we talked about at the beginning, like just goes into my whole crazy acne free journey. But then also breaks down stuff that people usually don't talk about, which is what just helping you diagnose what kind of acne is you have and what the root cause of your acne is, so that you can then figure out how to deal with it like I dealt with mine yes so that's a gist yes thank you oh my gosh this is amazing you helped me so much with this conversation so I know you've helped other people as well so I'm glad that they were able to kind of be a fly on the wall as we talk about this stuff (laughs) Um, yeah thank you again for being on the show thank you so much for your time no problem thank you Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. Also, don't forget to get all of the show notes and resources we mentioned at brownvegan.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret 
and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.